everyone. Welcome to episode four of Colgate. I'm Simran. I'm Nimrit. And it's Harpo. And today we're discussing what the F is adulting. What is it? How does one do it? Why does the term exist? Where did it come from? And yeah, so I guess what I think of when I think of the term adulting is having it all together, having your life sorted out, having your priorities in order, having a plan, being extremely organized, everything that I feel like I'm not right now, but what is it, why does it mean so much? That's, I guess, my question. What do you think it is, Mom? Oh, um, so it's a new term for me. I kind of laugh it off because I think I've been an adult for, for long. Um, so for me, I think it is the sense of knowing what's next, having plans, and it's a very like a logical thing for me. Like, do I have my plans in order? Do I know what I'm doing next with my career? And I feel like I'm an adult most of the time, but I know that sometimes things happen in my life that just throw me off my foundation. Like my mom got ill a few weeks ago and that just really has thrown me for a loop. So right now I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm not an adult anymore. And I'm kind of looking at Simran right now because I'm like, I don't know what adulting is anymore. Yeah. How about you, Harpo? Um, so when I think about adulting, like what is adulting? Uh, to me, it's funny memes and a lot of funny tweets <laughs> is what adulting is. And that that's true because adulting is not necessarily a phenomenon that has existed for a long time. I mean, like the concept of adolescence and adulthood, like haven't really been around for that long, right? Um, everyone's always making fun of like this idea of adulting, like when you do something and you're like, oh my God, I'm doing something that's like so adult right now. Um, I think that's what adulting is. It's like, it's something funny and it's, it's like a weird, bizarre concept. But then when I stop and sit down and I think about what adulting is, adulting is just everyday stuff. It's just a mindset. Um, it's what you do you know, when you're, when you're sitting around or you're taking on responsibilities, that's what adulting is. Mm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that adulting for me is a time period. It's not something you come into, but it's, again, it's a mindset. It's something that you're either constantly doing or you're constantly struggling with. I love what you said about responsibilities. Yeah. Because when I look over my own life, I think the first time I really think I became an adult was when I had my first child Simran sitting here with me because up until then no person relied on me for their very (laughs) life you know I could I could mess around I could go on holiday I could do whatever I wanted but suddenly I had a little baby and now everything just like really mattered the decisions I made mattered yeah that's so true I think right now when you're saying that I'm like reflecting and I'm thinking that I feel like I'm waiting for the moment where I become an adult or like I'm waiting to feel like that I can handle that responsibility. Not necessarily for kids, but like, you know what I mean? Like there's just, uh, like it hasn't happened yet. But at the same time, I don't think that I'm not self-sufficient and that I couldn't take care of myself and that I couldn't take care of like people if I had to. But it's just so weird. It's like, you can, but you can't, and you don't want to grow up, but you have to grow up, but you want to grow up. It's very different. It's very weird. I was thinking that too, you know, when you were saying it's something that hasn't happened yet. Um, when I was going to move away for school, everyone kept telling me that 
you're gonna adult so hard when you move and you live on your own it's going to be like a whole new game of adulting and I was afraid of that like going into that I was like okay when I move away is when I'll start adulting but as I started reflecting on what adulting is I kept thinking about how I always grocery shopped when I was at home. I always did the laundry when I was at home. I always cooked for myself. I was always doing emotional labor for the adults in my family. So it's not like I automatically, now that I'm on my own out in the world, have begun adulting. And that's what I mean of like adulting being a mindset. It's not necessarily like a phase in your life where you'll go into because I think I've been adulting my entire life because I've been doing things that count as adult work. Mm-hmm. But I completely agree when I listen to you say that it, it's something that hasn't happened yet. I still sometimes think to myself, you know, what do I want to be when I grow right? up? I'm, you know, I'm 22 and I still sit here and I think, what do I want to be when I grow up? You know what's crazy? I, sorry, I, I forget that you're 22. I don't yeah. know why that's such a big deal to me, but I'm 24 and you're only tw- you're 22. It's not that big of a difference, but like, wow, you know? And I'm 52, and I still want to know what I'm going to be when I grow up, right? I, you know? Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So I think what came to me as you were talking there was, what age do you feel inside of you at any moment? Like, I'm 52, but I'm not kidding. The age I feel inside, sometimes it's pretty young. I feel like I'm only, like, 25. (laughs) Shade. She said shade because, you know, many times I say, I feel like I'm only 16. Yeah. Yeah. Like I look around at people who are older than me or who are like really serious and, you know, talking about mortgages and things. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> what? Yeah. And yeah. Oh, my God. Actually, you know what? It's 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 that it's that stuff. It's like that the mortgage, the like, OK, the responsibility, like all those other things that I still don't have to do right now because, hey, I live with my mom. You know, what's up? But um, at some point we'll have to do that. And yeah. I don't even know if at that point I'll feel like a quote-unquote adult. You know what? And I don't. I have a mortgage. I've had a mortgage since I was 26. And I've been paying it off you know, <laughs> for all my life. And I still have a mortgage. And I, you know, like I do all the things I'm supposed to do. But that doesn't mean I feel like an adult. This is really weird. Whoa, I'm having a mind. You know, I was thinking... Moment. I was thinking that as well. How there are certain things that are like a benchmark for being an adult that... I feel like I am not an adult yet because I don't know how to do these things. Like, again, my dad does my taxes. Anytime I start a conversation with him to ask him, hey, can you explain to me how a T4 works? <laughs> or like, you know, like, can yeah. you explain to me what do you mean I owe $1,000 um, yeah. in two days around tax season? And I don't get an explanation because I think that the assumption is that, okay, you're not an adult yet. You don't have to have it figured out yourself. And I think that that's the... That's what bugs me is that unless you're not in that phase of your life, you're not considered, it's it's not considered appropriate for you to know certain things. Like, okay, I don't know mortgages, taxes, because I'm not an adult yet. But then also at the same time, you expect me to be an adult in other phases and other aspects of my life. So yeah. I don't know why, why our society is like this. Totally. But even like you're saying like, oh, you're not expected to like be able to know that stuff or have the capacity to know those things until you're at that stage. But like when how do you get to that stage and when you're there you're supposed to like just know it yeah what yeah i i think i think that's actually a place where adults i think fall down like we don't uh, teach our children early enough about these kinds like, of things when did you learn how to do taxes who taught I, you nobody taught me i'm 
I'm still bad at, at my taxes. <laughs> so here's what I think. So, so this is what I taught my children. I taught them how to do their laundry when yeah. they were teenagers. Cook, shop, drive. They do their own schooling and they yeah, take care of that. Yeah, we're pretty self-sufficient. But I, I think, yeah, I think the education's so been things. lacking when it comes to financial matters, maybe. Yeah, or like, I don't know, other things that are like, but... but 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 it's not been lacking for certain things like yeah. asking open questions or conversations it's so weird. or being kind to others. I think there's, oh, but sorry, I think there's also part of me that like doesn't want to learn how to do my taxes and wants to just give them to you so you can deal with it. And there's, you know what I mean? Like there's part of me that's still like holding back from like reaching that level. But at the same time, I get frustrated that I'm not equipped enough to like deal with those things. I think it's also very, like, adulting in my mind is it can go down one of two ways. I think we split adulthood into either specific skills and certain tasks, um, i.e. I'm an adult because now I provide for other dependents. I yeah. am an adult because I have a mortgage. I'm an adult because I do my own taxes. I'm an adult because I pay my own insurance um, versus I think which – in, 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 I, in my experience, and I think this happens a lot for other people too, is this other side of adulting doesn't get taken um, seriously enough, which is like m- like little things like having to be an adult in your house even though you're a child, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, resolving conflict in your family. Um, you could be 16 and like resolving conflict for your parents and still not be considered um, an adult. So I think it's really odd that, you know, the first one is the one that gets taken up more literally as an adult versus um, certain things that you might be doing in your family or in your daily life that don't really get counted as an adult because you don't have those boxes checked off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Simran, you've had a job for a year and a bit now. You, you've handled that all by yourself. So, you know, as far as I, I, I know, I think you are adulting really well. Yeah. For right now. But then there's always that, like, okay, what's the next thing? Like, when am I going to move out? How do I do that? What is this? Do I have to start doing all these other things by myself that before you were helping me with or I didn't have to think about? I don't know. I feel like there's that all that those things, those other things that we're talking about, like, happen so quickly. I also don't like that there is, like, a prerequisite or, like, a standard for adulting. Like, right. if I sit here and I think about how – people that I've grown up with or people who are my age and how vastly different our life experiences are right now. There's people my age who are getting married. There's people my age who have children. There's people my age who sit around at home and don't work and don't go to school. Um, And so maybe perhaps like certain individuals are adulting more than others, but how can I be a judge of that you know like yeah. if you're already married as somebody more of an adult if they're married at 22 than I am because I'm not married at 22 do you yeah. know what I mean yeah and you're right and I think the world is very comparative I think like I sit here and I look at other people who are doing all these things and it to me it might look like they've accomplished more and are more adult or adulting more than I am but they also might not be and a lot of things are just you just see the external part of it. Like you don't know what's going on really. And I think it's hard to be comparative that way. Like at the same time though, sometimes some people use it as like a, a a marker of like, okay, how do they keep achieving things? Do you know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's always like the best way to think about it. So what I'm hearing us all say is we're trying to come to 
terms with what is adulting. Mm -hmm. You can use external things like, do you have a car, a mortgage, do you pay your insurance? It could be other things like, you know, are you married, do you have children, looking after someone else? Mm -hmm. Or it could be like internally that mindset you were talking about, Harpo. Do you feel like an adult? Mm -hmm. So, and is it okay to just not be an adult sometimes, even if you're 52? I th- I think it's okay. I think it has to be okay because I think if we try to hold ourselves together too much, I think that's where mentally it can it can hurt. Yeah. So I I'll just speak from my own experience. Like here I was like 3 weeks ago, it felt like I had my life on on a pretty good place. You know, I had I was going to go on a holiday. I had set up my work so I could go away for 3 weeks. I had all these things lined up. And then my mom got really ill and went into hospital. And for a week, we we weren't sure she was going to pull through. Mm -hmm. And now she's pulled through and it's been a week later. I canceled my trip, but I'm kind of looking at my life and I feel like I've been knocked off my adult foundation. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to do anything. Nothing seems hopeful or helpful or anything. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like all the things around me, like the external things, my house is still standing. I still have a car. I still have a mortgage. I still have insurance and all those things. But I don't feel like an adult. I feel like a child whose who's mom nearly passed away. Yeah. So do we, do we ever, do we think that the inner child within us ever goes away? Like, do we feel like it ever leaves? Do we ever transition fully from a child to an adult? Because, I mean, I've heard obviously so many times from my parents they say well it doesn't matter how old you are you're always going to be a child to us you're always going to be our child Mm -hmm. so do you think that we ever stop being children and then do we ever become fully adult because if I'm sitting if I'm being honest I'm looking at you Wendy 52 years old you're having kind of like an epiphany like you're having like an uncomfortable time right now with the idea of like being an adult because what I'm seeing is that you know your mom's really sick and you just want your mom yeah, I just want her back. I want to be back into a, a world where, and, and I think it is that it's like, uh, because it's like a stage, it's like, it's my mom, and then it's me, and then it's my children. Mm-hmm. So my place in this, so it's it's a transition I think we're going through. So my mom is, um, you know, if you look at the stages for a woman, she would be the wise woman. Right. And my stage in all of this is the mature woman. And Simran's would be the the young woman mm-hmm. and then the you know the the fourth phase is the child um and so if my mom passes on suddenly i become wise woman you gotta be kidding me i don't feel ready for that yeah you don't even have any white hair though <laughs> <laughs> nothing that nice dye won't get rid of i'm telling you <laughs> so it yes it just feels like i'm not ready for that i think i'm, I'm okay being that that I think you got comfortable being mature woman. I, I got comfortable got being mature being, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, could, I can handle that. Yeah. But I, I just am not ready for, for moving up to wise woman. Yeah. I know what you mean. No. So it feels like... <laughs> because I'm not ready. I'm not even comfortable with being young woman yet. So yeah. please don't ask me to move up. I can't. Yeah. Where do you feel you are, Harpo, on that, that scheme I just talked about? The four stages of woman. For me, I feel a little uncomfortable as we're talking about adulthood as a phase, as like a time period that you like step into, because I don't know where I fall on that spectrum. 
I feel I can confidently say that I've been an adult majority of my life. I'm 22. That's I'm shrimp in the world right now, but I feel like I've been an adult for a really long time. Um, emotionally and in yeah. terms of my maturity, I can remember myself being like 11 or 12 and hanging out with older kids and the older kids saying, wow, you're so mature for your age. Mm-hmm. And at that time it was a compliment. Mm-hmm. And now I think, I don't know where I fall on that. Um, I would say I'm a mix between a young and a mature woman, somewhere in between that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're as rigid as I've initially thought they were when you mentioned them, because now I'm trying to place myself. I think uh, you can be a mixture of both. I feel like for kids who do a lot of emotional labor work in their families, um, especially in immigrant families, when you know you have, I mean, this is not necessarily my experience, but I can only imagine when you have to be the person in the house who does all of the language work right like your parents don't know mm-hmm. english mm-hmm. um they don't really know how to do certain western things um as an immigrant family i can't imagine what those kids feel like when when they're stuck between a phase of like am i an adult or am i not an adult you know yeah yeah and what you're talking about there is role reversal right which you're right can be very hard on a young child role reversal is when you have to present as the adult and you're not yeah mm-hmm for whatever reason that you have to to be at that at that point. And that happens I think for a lot of different relationships in your life. Right. Like I get told often, um sometimes I'll go to my friends' houses and you know, my friends' moms will say like you're such a baby, right? Mm-hmm. Like you you talk like you're like way older than you are and sometimes I think, yeah, okay, maybe I should start like thinking and acting a little bit younger, but that's what I mean. Adulthood is a mindset for me because mm-hmm. I feel like it's just something you start to embody like even my dad has told me that at age 12 he was a full adult he was doing stuff for the house he was doing stuff for his parents so I don't know and I think mm-hmm. like maybe our generation has a little bit more of a luxury of, of having adolescence mm-hmm. um, whereas perhaps you know on in your generation you just you were an adult you woke up one day and you were an adult when you had to start doing stuff for the family yeah. yeah I think for me it wasn't that bad I think my dad for example yes at a very young age his his father got ill so he kind of he was the eldest son so he took on the mantle of the the man of the house he had to bring in the money and look after his mom mm-hmm. and uh, the rest of his siblings so yeah he really had to do that so I'm really actually really curious like what happens if you miss out on that phase of carefree child yeah that's a good question <laughs> I think a lot comes... of internalized stuff. <laughs> right and I think it comes back and it'll manifest itself in different ways because I think I had to do uh I think there was a lot of revol- reversal for me mm-hmm. uh with my father um and I think I got put in a well okay so mom and dad are divorced just FYI uh and that happened when I was six or eight eight um and my sister's three years younger than me so I got in a kind of got put in a middleman kind of position where I would do the communicating back and forth for my parents on you know setting up dates of who's gonna visit when and all that stuff and then um, I think I also kind of had to take on the role of adult in my relationship with my dad because, um, I don't know, just like emotional maturity level wise, I feel like I was always doing more of the work there and having to be like, I don't, I don't really know how to describe it, but, um, yeah. And then 
also at the same time shielding my sister because she was younger and I didn't want her to have to deal with any of that stuff. So, I mean, I still, I like, you never figure that out. How do you figure that out? You know? I can totally relate to the older sibling thing. And I'm sure mm -hmm. if anyone's listening and they're also the eldest sibling, and if you're not, perhaps you can reflect on your eldest sibling and their behavior. I think as older siblings, we do assume a very automatic adult role in yes. our younger siblings' lives. Yes. And My brother is eight years younger than I am, and he jokes all the time about how I'm his third parent. Mm -hmm. And so when you have that responsibility, like I even talked to one of my dad's sisters, who's the eldest of seven kids, and she very, very quickly had to adopt uh, a maternal role in her mm -hmm. siblings' lives. And I think that that's something that is first, A, a, a lot of emotional labor for the eldest sibling, but B, I think it also helps you, or not helps you. I, I think guess it, it does, does help I you, think but it, it forces you to grow up. It does. It forces you to grow up, but I think, like, as difficult as that can be sometimes, like, I'm grateful for that in a sense because I know that I wouldn't be the person I am without that experience and I am happy that I am the person that I am because of that experience and I don't know I don't always think of like feeling like a mom to my I do feel like a mom to my sister sometimes but I don't always feel like that's a bad thing like sometimes I just look at her and I'm like you're so freaking cute and I just love you so much and yeah. like, like I you're my that. little I sister cool. yeah but like you know but that's that's what I was thinking too is like not to mention that you are cool as a younger sibling because of your elder sibling. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. It's so true. It's so true. I call it, and you know what I call it, the other thing? This other, so there's a good side to it, but then there's also, like, the really, like, difficult side, which I like to call people-pleasing firstborn syndrome. I was waiting for you to drop that. <laughs> um, where I feel like, and this still haunts me to this day, is, like, a thing where you start feeling like not a perfectionist. Maybe mine comes out a little bit like a perfectionist sometimes, but I, I feel like I have to do... Um, what everybody else wants. Like I have to be the right version of myself for other people. And it gets internalized so deeply for me where I feel like that's also the right thing to do for me too when I know somewhere in me that it's not really always the right thing. And it causes me a lot of like internal like anxiety because I get right. very conflicted and then I find myself being very indecisive because I cannot make decisions because one part of me is like, I need to do this for this person. But the other part of me is like, I don't really want to do that. And then I'm also like trying not to hurt anyone's feelings, but also trying to set boundaries. And it's a whole mess of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that goes away with becoming a quote unquote adult. I think that's something you're always going to battle with because you're never going to stop being the, the first si si like you know kid. You're never going to, like for you, mom, you're never going to stop being our parents, but you're always, always also not going to stop being the child of your parents. Yeah. Like that never ends. I think you just go through stages in your life where you're transitioning from one phase to another and you're growing as a person and your things are happening to you and you're doing things and that's all fine. But you don't like stop having those roles, if that makes sense. You just become hopefully better at balancing them or navigating them for yourself so that you're not going crazy. Well, that's my goal anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think I think if you, you know, having heard you say that, the role reversal, I think if you don't have the time to be that carefree child at a certain point, mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it's, it's, it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think what it does do is it robs you of opportunities to yeah. be the silly child, to be the person who yeah. 
does random really stupid things yeah i'm trying to do that now because you want to do those random (laughs) stupid things when you're young you know like you don't want to do that when you're older yeah i feel like i was in my late teens early 20s i was so harsh on myself and so like i graduated from you okay we can talk about life stages right now we can't even talk about life stages because i feel like i really need to get into it like I, you go from high school where there's so much, this is how I felt, there was so much pressure to go to university and not necessarily from mom, but like also your peers and everything, just your whole bubble in that stage for me was you have to get into a good university, you have to go to UBC, like you have to do all these things and I didn't know what I wanted to study, but I knew I had to get there and I was like, okay, I'll do arts because I hated sciences and so I worked my butt off you know, grade 12 happened. It was a really stressful year. I finally got into the school that I thought I wanted to go to. I get there. I'm in first year and I'm so drained. I'm so emotionally, physically, mentally exhausted that I had the worst first year ever. Well, it was my only one, but it was horrible. Like I didn't want to wake up. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to go to class. So I didn't do that for a lot of the time. I failed two classes And then I thought that was the end of the world. And I was like, I'm never going to graduate. I'm so behind. Like, what am I going to do? I had to take the summer off and do nothing. I didn't have a job. I was like, I can't, I can't do anything. And I had to really work on my mental health to get me to a point where I was like, holy crap, what are you doing? Why are you being such a people pleasing firstborn? And it's affecting you this much. And you're feeling this horrible about life. And then I tried to like, you know, transition and take less classes and I went into second year and it got better, but I think then third year came and I don't think I ever dealt with the stuff. So it comes back because I didn't work through it, right? And then you graduate and you, you pick a major, you graduate, you do whatever. And then I was like, oh, I need a job. And then for six months after I graduated, that whole thing happened again. I didn't want to get out of bed. I felt horrible about myself. I didn't want to apply for jobs. I didn't want to do anything because I felt like... I had to do it right the first time and I had to get it done right away because that was what adulting was and I was feeling so horrible that I couldn't do that or I felt like I wasn't qualified even though I just spent five years studying and doing a degree that, and I did not celebrate that achievement. And hmm. then I got this job and suddenly it's like, okay, you have this job and you're working and it's been a year and a half and it's great but then I'm still, I still find myself feeling like, okay, but what do you want to do with your career? Like, what's the next thing? There's always that next step of like, you know, what do you want to do? How do you get to the next place and have it all together in quotes, right? I think what I'm hearing is that having it all together is, is an aspect, that's like an expectation you had. Yes. That you had to have it all together. Because I was the people-pleasing firstborn. Be- because you just, and that's the thing I'm trying to get to, I think, is that you don't have to have it all together. In fact, people don't have it all together. Yeah. And you can figure it out as you go along. Mm-hmm. And as you go through transitions... There is the in-between phase of the unknown. Yeah. Right? Where you where you might feel like not getting up or whatever. And that's the time to actually slow down and get really clear on your own internal priorities and your own values. So you're not living someone else's life or trying to please someone else. Yes. And that's a really hard thing to do. I think what I'm also hearing is that you don't necessarily ever stop, quote unquote, adulting or growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel like you ever stop. Yeah. Um, kind of maybe switching gears just slightly, but still kind of in a similar vein. When you're talking about like this idea of like 
transitioning into life phase, transitioning into adulthood, what I'm thinking about is sometimes growing pains and some tensions that come up. And I think like Mm -hmm. that was very evident in what Sim, you were saying as well about, you know, your first experience with university now having graduated, I think inevitably there's always growing pains. Mm -hmm. And I think what I'm curious about is how do those growing pains and those tensions impact the relationships in your lives? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think like, me when I'm having a little bit of a transition phase or a growing phase I come up with a lot of tension with my parents and I wonder because you know you both are mother and daughter did did was there ever any sort of tension or pains or anything like that in between you like auntie did you feel like maybe I mean I don't know I feel like maybe you're you're I don't know, just the kind of person you are. Yeah. I feel like your spirit is like you would give your children space to just let them, you know. What do you think about that? So I knew she was going through that horrible transition. And I knew her first year was so horrible. And all I could do was just give her support mm-hmm. and tell her she could do anything she wanted. And I was behind her every step of the way. Yeah, which you did. But then I think the part of me was also like, waiting for somebody to just tell me what to do because I needed some, I needed a direction and I didn't care what it was, but I just needed somebody to tell me what to do. And because so, I didn't want to do the work to figure out what I actually wanted. I just wanted to do, again, quote, the right thing. And that's what I didn't do. Yeah, and I you did not tell me what to do. And it was tell so you, frustrating. I didn't tell you what to do because I would say to you is... So this is one of the places where I think as we're talking about this to the audience is that if you are going through such a, a difficult time, reach out for the help that you need. Yes. Reach out for counseling or therapy or whatever it is that will help you because you do not have to go through these times alone. Like mm-hmm. I am I am a coach, but I'm not a counselor. And there was a way that I could not coach Simran through that period, remember? No, no. Because I was your mom. Yeah. All I could do was be the mom and offer mm-hmm. you all the support and just keep saying again and again whatever you decide so you you know you could take a term off you could take a year yeah. off you could whatever you wanted yeah and i and i i think at that point i was too rigid in my like i can't do that because i'm going to fall behind thing and i don't think that that message of of like you support like it it was there and i understood it and i felt it but i don't think it really like hit me in the head that like you can actually just do whatever you want whenever you want and you'll figure it out and there's no like harsh deadline there's no you know there's no criteria that you have to fit that didn't hit me until this year probably in the last couple months wow that's such a long time how about you harpo how was your like the transitions i think um the sometimes in more situations than one Um, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. This is kind of a utopia for some people of being able to sit down and communicate with people in your life about the transitions you're going through. Um, And that's A, because sometimes you don't even know what's going on, so you don't know how to relay it to other people. And then B, because you might not necessarily, that might not even be a comfortable thing for you to discuss with people. Like, so for example, um, you know, I'm living on my own. I have for this last six months I haven't been able to talk to my parents about my transition properly. And I don't think that they've been able to talk to me about their transition with that properly as well. There's no real communication discussion about how's your mental health since you moved out or a, you know, like how's your mental health since I've moved out and I'm not at home anymore. And I think, again, I I say it's a utopia for some people because I think like 
talking about your feelings comes natural for some people with their parents slash their kids or with their friends or with their siblings. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for some people, it's not, you know, and I ask that because I think like, I can completely see that happening between the two of you, but I could never imagine that happening between like me and people in my life or like certain people in my life and then their relatives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think um, me, how I've been navigating transitions in my life is to just like, I don't know, continue like the same mon- same mundane conversations as always to just like pretend mm-hmm. like everything's okay oh, yeah. when it's not necessarily, right? Like it, it's hard. Um, I think I stray away from talking about that sometimes because like just because a transition is hard doesn't mean that it can't happen or that it's mm-hmm. not possible, right? Mm-hmm. Like just because it's hard for me to live on my own doesn't mean I'm going to come home and I'm not going to finish my degree and, and this is going to be all for waste. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to finish it. It's going to be hard on the way. But I wish I could talk about that transition and I could talk about me coming into this phase. And I wish I could also talk about it with my parents as well of like, I'm not in the house anymore. And that's the first time that's happened for you in 22 years. How's that going for you? Mm-hmm. you so know, I think so I'm so caught up in mine and they're caught up in theirs. So Harper, what stops you talking to them about that? Because that's what we're wanting our audience to do. Um, I know for me, it's... Um, the fear of assumption and the fear of judgment because it goes back to um, like if I say oh I couldn't really sleep the other day because I was feeling quite lonely it gets translated into well why did you go all the way there then what was the point of you you should have just stayed at home and I know that's like probably not like obviously they're my parents that's might not be the, the reaction I'll garner from them but I think in general like that's my fear right is like well, I, we told you not to do it and you did it anyway. So now you have to live with it. And that's, I feel like internalized. I don't know if it's real. I'm sure it comes from somewhere. I I know those feelings are valid, but they might not be right. Um, so that's where that comes from. And I think that's how a lot of, um, conversations don't happen. You're so right. And I think the reason is because when you say something like that, I can just say as a mom, if my child said something like that, my first immediate reaction as a mom would be wanting to make it better. Yeah. So to problem solve. Yeah. That's just right. the instinct. And she does do that. So don't like, so don't not, think- yeah. Like even when I was going through my stuff, like she would, every day she was like, or not every day, but like, you know, she was suggesting like, okay, why don't you see a counselor? Why don't you do this? And I didn't want to hear it. I was like, mm-hmm. stop trying to fix my problems. I just need to cry. Like yeah. Yeah, that happens sometimes. And so I think the thing to learn, um, and so this is the learning I have as a coach is when someone comes up to me and has all these feelings or says these things is I don't solve the problem. I just listen. Mm-hmm. And right. then I and then I ask questions like, so what do you need? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the times there are certain problems that, you know, I'm going through or someone goes through that, quite honestly, the parents just cannot fix. No. There's no yeah. way for them to fix it yeah. because this is going back to the topic, it's a part of adulthood. It's Mm -hmm. a part of life. It's about me coming into my own. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happens is like, I've actually said this to my parents before that sometimes there's certain things that I can't necessarily be present for and I can't, can't do and juggle my own life and my, my own adulthood at the same time with like, I can't do this and be who I need to be at the same time because it's too much. And I don't know, like, it's some it's weird because I feel like certain people in my life I've seen that as they were transitioning in their lives, that's when the relationship either broke or got really strained. Mm-hmm. And then it became personal when it wasn't really, it was just a phase or a stage of adulthood. Hmm. I like what you're saying about um, 
it, it can't be fixed because actually, honestly, there's nothing to fix. Yeah. Isn't what there? was that thing you that know? you said we said in the last podcast? I think it applies again. Oh, people are naturally creative, resourceful and whole. I mean, Harper, if you have one night and you're feeling lonely, there's nothing to fix in that. It's just a mm-hmm. feeling. And and as a mom, if I'm able to listen to that and say, oh, that, that must have been hard. And how are you now? Then the person can, can feel like it's okay to have those feelings. Yeah. Right? Because that's just what it was. It's a yeah. phase. And if it, if it goes on for a while, like I've been feeling down for two weeks now, mm-hmm. that's a long time. And so I've known to kind of check in with myself to kind of think to myself, what do I need? Mm-hmm. Because this is going on for longer. Mm-hmm. And so then I have to ask myself the question, you know, what support do I need? Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think... Because, again, there's nothing to fix, isn't there? No, there's nothing to there's fix. There's nothing to fix. And I think I even... I take on that I need to fix things role sometimes with my sister. <laughs> because I'm her second mom. And... And she doesn't need that. She does not want it and she does not need it. And she is not afraid to tell me that. Oh, that's what they think. Yeah. <laughs> right? So... I think it's something we all do, but I think, you know what, Harpo, you hit the nail on the head when you said that sometimes you just need to be listened to, and that's all. So I think I'm really curious to know how the things we've talked about resonate with other people, if situations are relatable, because, you know, I know people who have also experienced the same things, that you feel like you have to have it all together, but you don't have it all together, and... We keep it so internalized. Like, we keep that... Like, the whole thing about me failing two classes did not tell a soul about that. A soul. I didn't know that. So you didn't know that. Not a lot of people knew that. We were friends for a couple years now. Yeah, and people did not know that because I was ashamed of that. And I thought of it as a failure. It was a failure of adulting. And I'm like, now that we've established that adulting carries on forever and that nobody really is an adult and everybody is just transitioning, you know, how do you experience this? What are the ways that we're going to start talking about it and listening to each other? And not trying to fix each other. Just yeah. be there and listen. Yeah. And know that everyone's going through this different stages in their lives, no matter how old they are. Totally. And there's no singular way to live. There's no singular way to be an adult. And, no. like, I know that's a general sweeping statement, but it's so true. Like, there is no right way to adult and you know if you look around us there's adults who have absolutely no idea what they're doing like Mm -hmm. you go ask them like oh what do you do like how do you how are you so good at this like I think it's hilarious when um students who are still in high school or in their early years of university will ask me questions of like you know you look like you have it together like how do you do it and I'm like what I don't I don't know anything I don't know ask ask somebody else yeah and so I think it's like a weird moment of panic when you're like looking for the adult in the room and then you realize oh shit I'm the adult in the room. <laughs> totally totally it's not real there's no one yeah there's no right way to do it because you know what if there were then we'd all be robots and we'd all be the same and we'd be living the same life and it would be so freaking boring yeah so happy yeah. adulting everyone yeah. whichever stage you're in just know that pe- other people are going through similar transitions and you don't have to be alone through it. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I know my brother is going to listen to this podcast and ask me if he's an adult at age 14 and if he can do adult things. No, you can't. <laughs> You'd be surprised, Harpo. 14. I think you've got to start l- letting loose the apron strings. 
I'm not even a mom yet, and I'm on radio. I know. But someone actually said to me that I would be a very strict mom. And honestly, hmm, not going to deny it. (laughs) Not strict because I don't believe in freedom, but just because I'm so scared of the world, and I would be like, no, you're not allowed to go in the sunlight. You might evaporate. (laughs) 